Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 338, being recorded on February 25th, 2014. I'm Ryan Schrout. Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Alan Malmontano. I'm Sebastian Peek. Yay! I was really surprised this time that you're sitting there. <laughs> the surprise gets more genuine every time we right. do this intro. Right. Yes. Especially had, we recorded time. another video earlier in the day, and I had to be like, oh, hey, look, it's Sebastian's here. Hey, yeah. thanks for joining us. Right, He's been here for a day and a half uh, at this point already. We're over it now. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of uh, – man, when's he going back? Go to, back home. Well, too bad because my – Bags of cots over there, and I'm here to stay. So Josh is attending an event with uh, Suns playing basketball during halftime at the Wyoming game oh, tonight. That's so that's where he is at today, and uh, we just happened to have a fill-in who drove in from Kalamazoo, Michigan, drove all the way down Such whatever cool those name. roads are. Uh, Mostly to- highways, right? Okay, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. All right. So there was, they were going make south. Make the right turn at Albuquerque. You're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always make the correct turn at Albuquerque. Um, and so Sebastian, Sebastian's here, and he's joining us, and we're going to do a podcast. And other than that, it's just going to be like a normal podcast. So we'll just go ahead and get started, guys. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I will w- mention off the top, we did have an EVGA contest last week on the on the podcast. Um, this person will win a. Why, why do you look so dejected already? Because you already screwed up the rundown. But it's, that's, no, not, that's yeah. not the order in here. It's right there. EVGA contest. Oh, fine. subscribe. Okay, fine. Yeah, well, whatever. Yeah, subscribe. Okay, uh, next. The EVGA contest winner is, I'll, I'll just go first name, last initial, Ross I. Ross I won a GTX 960 SSC and a Z97 FTW motherboard. He already has an email for me asking for his address and everything. Sweet. Uh, so big thanks to EVGA for supporting us and sponsoring that and for everybody that signed up. Uh, and we will have more of those relatively soon. And, and this is where he's going to learn where to tell the ice cream man not the right address. True. Yeah, don't do that. Um, and if you want to make sure, we're going to go back one here now. If you want to make sure you don't miss any of these super special events, you need to be subscribed to our mailing list at pcper.com slash subscribe, uh, which takes you to this page here. And you send in, uh, give us your name and email address. You probably shouldn't put Ryan Shroud in that field. It's just pre-populated thanks to LastPass for me. And then you won't win. You put Well, this is not for winning anything. This is to send you an email oh, when we go to a live man. event. You do win in a way. Everybody you, who's on the mailing list wins. You're all winners. Well, you would get the email, but it would be addressed to Ryan Shroud. Yes, but it would still. It would just so you know. Like you get it. I guess. You know, just say Ryan Shroud with you know Malventano at PCPer.com. So if you want to be, you, you could know. be Ryan Shroud. I would. I will still send emails to people who are registered as Ryan Shroud. Yeah. He sends himself there. a reminder every week. I, I get it. That's true. I do that actually. It shows up on his his watch from mm-hmm. Ryan Shroud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like you can Twilight see we're Zone. running uh, hashtag Josh Tech if you're watching us on the live stream. This is some of the cool stuff you get to take advantage of. Uh, when, when you're at pcper.com slash live, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, Wednesdays, and then, of course, pcper.com slash subscribe to make sure you don't miss out. Now, I would normally kind of comment on these tweets that are being brought there, but I can't really read them, and they're probably not really relevant to begin with. No. So we're just going to let it be hilarious canon. They are relevant. The audience. They were giving Sebastian a hard yes, time for having because of this. Yeah. Oh, already. You were right. Okay. You correctly called that. So... Um, it's what the ultimate happened? sin on a PC enthusiast podcast. Another reminder, this Saturday, we have our ninth PC Perspective Fragging Frogs VLAN yeah. occurring. Uh, and that is, as the name implies, Jeremy, it is a virtual LAN party. Um, anything specific standing out for this particular iteration of the VLAN? Uh, well, as usual, AMD will be giving out what I believe is 
technically termed a metric shit ton of prizes. Uh, as always, there are going to be another couple of people giving things away from what I've been hearing. Uh, unfortunately, perhaps not Bohemia, but uh, we're still working on that. <laughs> so if you head over to the forums, uh, you'll be able to see not only when the start time is, which is this Saturday about uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, mm-hmm. going until the very last frog drops. And since some of them are across the international dateline, this could be quite late in the evening as usual. This might be uh, our first virtual sorry. land to span two months. Yeah, going from February 28th to March 1st. We just need to uh, set up some IV bags so that we can stay hydrated. But uh, if you head over there, Lenny has put together a great guide on how to get on TeamSpeak, uh, which not only is the best way to talk to people where you're playing games or just hanging out in the lobby. Mm-hmm. If you're not on TeamSpeak, you ain't going to win. Uh, we've also got a long list of the games that we're going to be playing, along with the various mods and patches that are best to be had if we're going to be doing it. Uh, you better mod your Unreal Tournament 2004. I was going to say, UT 2004. Gigs, I think, is the install about now. Always a classic for UT 2004. I'm going to stop by I for mean, a little bit. I'll come in the office Saturday and play something. day with Redeemers, it, it's, it's so worth it. And it plays on all hardware. Right, I'm going to, let's see. Do I have any? What's my cheapest Windows-based tablet? Do I have one of those? I <laughs> okay. could get, I could get that Venue Eleven Pro and put buy that WinBook that's been on sale for like fifty-nine bucks, bucks this week. Actually, Sweet. yeah, it's like fifty-nine bucks. Nice Betro. Uh, so, yeah. if, if you want more information on that, we'll have a link in the show notes uh, for the podcast, or you can go to the forums. Just the the regular. If you go to peacebird.com and click on the forums tab, and then go into the gaming and fragging frogs subforums, you'll see that thread. And there is one there. new thing this particular time. Oh, okay. Uh, I am apropos stream this most of the time. We're actually streaming this on AMD's official Twitch this time. Oh, cool. So, hey, it, it's, it's getting bigger, and we're not even in double digits, digits yet. So, hope to see you there on Saturday. Should be fun. All right, let's get into reviews and another crap that occurred. Um, somebody wrote a review of the Asus Strix Tactic Pro Mechanical Keyboard, um, and he happens to be sitting at the table, so we'll let him talk about it. So this this is uh, it, it is a Cherry, well, as the title says, Cherry MX Brown keyboard. What did you think about Asus's uh, implementation? I hadn't used Cherry MX Brown before, and it's first of all the keyboard is super nice. It's extremely like well build made. Yeah, build quality yeah. super. Like took it out of the box, and it's like you can't make it creak. It's like it's heavy, hmm. but not too heavy. Like it's got eight rubber feet on the bottom, so it sits nice and firmly in place on your desk. Doesn't move around. Yeah. And then the the keycaps are really nice. I'm a I I like a certain amount of key travel, and I like a certain feel. And it's got like nicely concave keycaps, mm-hmm. and it feels good typing on it. Um, Cherry MX Brown is almost a little grainy. Feeling, yeah. It. It's, I, use, I use Browns too. My personal. Cable. This is the one that has. Yeah, here's the animations that Scott made for us. It has like a secondary click to it. Yeah. It has like a secondary amount of travel. It's like very it, subtle though. Like unlike yeah. the blue, which mm. has that significant like pre-click almost. Yep. Yeah. You've got that click and then the push. And it goes all the way down. This thing just yeah. it feels linear, but it oh, just okay. has a little bit of a. It almost. I was talking to my brother about it, actually. He's like, it, it feels like it's dirty. It feels like a dirty mechanical keyboard. It's like I'm a like, speed bump. It's a little... You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So it's more leather and less feather? You got it. 
a grainy how many, weather. How many times did Jeremy watch Fifty Shades of Grey this week is the real question that everybody's dying to know. Uh, Hashtag Josh. None. I, I could have written that shit. <laughs> Give us your answers. <laughs> Give us your answers. At Just for personal experience. He could have taped it from, himself. He could have written it. It looks, from this profile picture, it looks fairly tall. Is it? Is it like... It's a chunky, high off the ground. Well, I, high off the table. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, there's like a side profile. It's not, not really like not in the world of like gaming keyboards. Okay. It's not real big. Yeah, but and it's kind of an interesting shape. It's it's got cool style, like the picture at the bottom of the Ooh, first screen. orange keycaps. Oh, yeah. How many? Or- they give you just four orange keycaps. Yeah. yeah, and a little key removal tool. Mm-hmm. Kind of looks like the bat symbol a little bit yeah yeah it's kind of got the the ear tips Mm -hmm. wing tips whatever which is a plus so this is their strix brand so maybe that's supposed to insinuate some kind of owl shape all right because the strix is the owl logo here oh it's like owl eyeballs yeah owls are in right now owls are in yeah yeah yeah. they're very popular right now they're hot they're hot uh so it's got like a nice backlight you can set it to like four different brightness settings one of them's like a pulsing not rgb but it is no it's just this sort of amber yeah, it's got some extra programmable color. keys from the looks of it. Yeah, it's 21 total if you count the F keys because they're programmable as well. Oh, cool. It's got these little buttons down below the uh, space bar, which you can program as like mouse buttons or anything else that you want to. And the software was really easy to use. You open it up and you just like, it has the keyboard and you like click on the key you want to map and just like drop down and create any kind of action you want. It's interesting. Hmm. There are three programmable buttons below the space bar. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Huh. Well, think about it. What if you're doing something where yeah, you need I mean, like a rapid, thumb. like, like instead of reaching over to like tap, yeah, yeah, on your yeah, your thumb, I, your thumb. I just don't know there. if I've seen that anything else. It's pretty cool. Oh, I, 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 I programmed it to the left and right mouse buttons, so I was playing and hmm. I didn't need to use it very often, but it's kind of cool because you can like, yeah, tap it quickly and I don't know. It's got Were they volume, the kind of volume buttons? control rocker at the top, like roller at the top? Right yeah, the top corner. right's got the roller and. That was actually really precise. Like, uh, it doesn't just like move the volume all the way up and down. I could move it in like single, yeah, digit increments, and you know everything functions like you would expect it to. Yeah. Does it actually have notches to it, like as your, or is it just smooth? Because some keyboards it's smooth. It was smooth. Like the, it was. Okay. It, there's a little bit of resistance, but I don't remember it having like. It was actual, like a click. No, was like, like a mouse turn. wheel. No. Yeah. Okay. I know another big thing about it. Like, part of the deal with this keyboard is it's got full. Like N key rollover, rollover. Mm-hmm. So like you enable that, and you can like press every key down. It has like the full. That's how I key. Mm-hmm. That's wait. I type that way all the time. God. Alan and then story. A, and then an article comes out. <laughs> yeah. Infinite amount of infinite amount of monkeys and or infinite amount of hand slams. Yes. Eventually a story. Eventually a story comes out. Yeah. And if you're a traditionalist, then you can set it to like the six, like the usual like six key. Is there? I don't know. Is there some disadvantage to not just using the full? Like I don't know. Like maybe if you were plugging into like a USB hmm. one. Oh, I'm not yeah. sure. Hmm. But it's there. You can switch. Software looks two. simple, and uh, you know, after a couple of user experiences with some other software, that's a plus. Now, you know, it's not an RGB, so you're not trying to program something in the same way, but uh, it still looks pretty nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's, it's one of those things where I'm like, it. It really does deserve, like high marks it's it's really well made it's a great implementation of the mx brown if yeah. you're an mx brown person but you'd have to try the different keycaps or the different key switches i'm sorry to know yeah how much is it 150 bucks <laughs> it's so it's i hate to say it's like well that's pretty normal for a keyboard but it's not outside it's not. the realm i've we saw some people in the comments talk about oh i can't believe that this 
it's for that money, it should be RGB. Yeah, because that's kind of close to the price of the RGB. Yeah. But I, I wonder what some of the other trade-offs would be. Interesting, I didn't see this. The Newegg link has a listed as PC Perspective Gold Award winner on the really? Newegg page. Really? Already? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and besides, honestly, at this point, I would pay extra for non-RGB. But you can always Why? turn it off. Glowing. You can just turn it off. You, get to, you can program yeah. it to whatever you want. I mean, because this has a backlight, right? It's just solid one color. It's, yeah. Multiple you'd have to kind of. I guess you'd have to see it in person because it is like if there was like a store display or something, and you're looking at these things. It's just like all business. It's like a matte finish. Okay. It's super strong. I like the, the. What's the keyboard I have there? I can never remember the damn name of it. It's the Topre <laughs> Type Heaven. Type heaven. It's it's like it has the clear. Uh, no, it's the electrostatic capacitive. capacitive. It's not a cherry switch. It's not mechanical. It's, so it's technically not mechanical, but it's like yeah. it's a it's a good in between. And I love the finish of it because it is a like a flat matte black mm-hmm. with a little bit of texture on the keys that is kind of starting to to wear a little bit now yeah, that I've used shiny. it for a long time. They start to get shiny. Like yeah. laptop keyboards are notorious for that, right? Yeah. If you look at my Lenovo keyboards, they're always like that. It looks like I just eat french fries all day long and <laughs> you use the keyboard but i think it's yeah, but you do oh damn it well, yeah <laughs> let's yeah i mean they're it looks like a nice device the the key caps themselves are a little bit different plastic than the body they're like a higher strength abs plastic they're very strong yeah and they are a little bit shinier than the rest of the key probably more resistant to polishing cool with your fingers so you recommend it clearly yes if you're willing to spend the money it's a lot of money and you like him Pro. yeah yeah all right do they make it in other yeah. Types? Okay. Yep. Oh, okay. Not just brown. Yeah, on their website, I think it comes in like red and possibly blue. Okay. Probably. Those are the three. It might come in every single one. I don't. I'm not sure. I yeah. thought it came in like three or four. Mm-hmm. Check that out. That review will be on the site if you want to read more of Sebastian's thoughts. If this uh, in-depth discussion wasn't enough for you, let's move on. Uh, last week we talked about USB 3.1 from an MSI uh, implementation. We we looked at a preview of the uh, X99A Gaming 9 ACK. Motherboard. We talked about performance there. Yep. Um, this week, we uh, wrote up the Asus equivalent of this, but it's actually a little bit more interesting in that this is they didn't send us a new motherboard with USB 3.1 on it. They actually sent us an add-on card mm-hmm. and then another external device, right, because USB 3.1 devices are not common or existing yet. Um, so they sent us the aptly named Asus USB 3.1 card. <laughs> That well, is the you know that is the name with no spaces. Be on, that's what it is. You no, know, it's actually spaced out like correctly, but that's going to be the model number you're going to look for. And what's cool about this is that it's a thirty nine dollar device, and not not to jump to the end, but that is I didn't even know what the price was. Yes, yeah, yeah, this, was, this yeah. is after you were gone. Thirty nine bucks, and uh, the official statement from ASUS headquarters is that they're not going to lock it out of being used on other motherboards. Right. But it will be optimized for their platforms because of the UEFI changes that they've integrated into it. Okay. Right? And obviously, you have this software turbo mode that will or will not work. But, yeah. um, I mean, what was your, like, we'd already talked about USB 3.1 and what the tech differences are. What's your right. take on this kind of implementation of it? Uh, well, I mean, I like this that you can add it because mm-hmm. I'm kind of one of those people that uh, actually the guys in the office give me a hard time because I usually have like a one or two generation behind motherboard. One or two? Yeah. Z eighty seven. That's what. That's you know. your test oh, okay. bed. Okay. What's your test bed? What's your what's your actual? Oh, at home I'm on it's like, like a nine twenty. I'm on like an X58 yeah, an X fifty eight board and like an i seven. Now, if you, 
And if you count generations, yeah. that's that's maybe two. Triple if you count memory, like man. years, it's like a hundred and four yeah. channel yeah. memory now. Uh, I know, I know. So we, they sent us all this. You can see the add-in card here, uh, a USB three point one enclosure here, and then a separate little power brick to charge enclosure. Yeah. This is a prototype enclosure. It is not something that's going to be sold. Right. Something built specifically in order to test and evaluate and 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 promote USB three point one. Um, yeah. But the, the, the hardware is the same, right? Like, technically, we're, right, we're right. looking at the same hardware, right? But actually, and, and along the lines of it being prototype-ish kind of hardware, so was the MSI stuff. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And um, in some of our back and forth, um, we, we figured out that, because uh, I was looking at the specs for that uh, 1352R chip, which is the RAID controller chip that's on the, the device end, not the motherboard end or the you know host system end. Um, and we weren't getting, like, what we thought should have been the scale, like the full speed, like at a higher Q depth. Sure. Right. Compared to just some other devices, compared to what they can do with USB 3.0, right? Like we have other devices that are basically saturating USB 3.0 speed Mm -hmm. at this point. And we're like, you know, now you got two SSDs on a device. It should give you double. And so should the throughput of the the standard Mm 3.1, USB 3.1. But we're not quite getting there all the way. And it turns out that you know, they haven't necessarily enabled all of that full-blown like UASP. UASP is not enabled right. on on the on the chipset, or actually yeah. on the device. I don't know if it is on the chip, like on the controller. But the controller the, can do on the UASP. external USB 3.1. Uh, yeah, enclosure. Yeah, right. Doesn't have UASP enabled. The, yeah. the chip supports it, but it's not enabled yet. And yep. you know, we'll we'll see what happens with uh, as these products get sold in the market. So. Right, right. So basically, the point of that is just expect. To see even higher speeds than what you're seeing even on the MSI or right. the ASUS review. And we actually saw, um, let's see, because the, the enclosure we have here was actually two MSATA 840 EVOs. Yep. Right? And you can see here we got the, the it was using a Type-C connector, which was kind of interesting. It was. We didn't see the Type-C connector on this the is, MSI so, stuff. So this is, the, this is kind of a close-up. Did you try plugging it in both ways? We did. Uh, yeah, it yeah, works. It did work all yeah, just, you know. uh, so It still seems like a dream to me. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, you're, you're right. This, so this is the card close up. It's just a PCIe by four yep. card. Um, now, you notice the, the, temp- the, the temperature, the color of these USB connectors is slightly different. It is uh, like a light blue. Yeah. And they did that on purpose, they said, because they wanted you, whether you it's an add-in card or whether it is a um, – uh, motherboard that ships with USB 3.1. They want you to be able to differentiate the USB 3.1 from the USB 3. Because yeah. it's so easy to differentiate light blue from dark blue behind your computer case. You get a computer case shadows. with an LED light. That's true. So you get the one. I, I mean, I agree. It's not ideal, but they got to do something. And you can't, like, we, Al, or Ken and I were sitting here talking about it. It was like, MSI well, just can't, used red. You can't use red because now that's MSI Association. You can't yeah. use white because ACS uses it for USB flashback. You can't use yellow because that's there the were charge, more colors. Right? But then you got, like, uh, green, purple? which is what Razor purple's uses. Purple's too close to blue. Purple's pretty close to blue. You could go orange, well, maybe. Purple's still. Much different than light blue. I mean, but go, you can go orange. Maybe? You go with like a confetti thing, like different colors. Yeah. Yeah. USB three point one FTW. Go orange. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there you go. I mean, whatever. So if it, it, when I first saw it, I thought, oh look, it's it, like there was a, blue, there was an yeah. error at the manufacturing plant, and they didn't have enough dye in the oh. in the PCB manufacturing no. port or something like that. But anyway, so there's the enclosure, and then this is us setting it up. Um, but the performance on this was actually we actually got a little bit better results. Oh, we did. Especially in um, uh, what was that uh, other configuration we were doing with their boost mode, basically boost mode, yeah. right? So ASUS has had since the Z eighty seven, I think, 
um, when USB 3.0 was first being released, they mm-hmm. had something called Turbo Boost or Boost Mode, Turbo yep. USB, I don't know. And it, so BOT is the standard USB transfer protocol. BOT um, only. And they have a way to kind of reduce some of the overhead of the communications portion of it, not the data transmission, but the communications and kind of like the acknowledge yeah. and receive Reduce the latency thing. of that Yeah, part and, of the and process. so they're able to get better results. Like, I mean, if you look at here, like we ran, you ran uh, uh, Addo yep. with Turbo Mode disabled and we got up to like 795. Yep. And with Turbo Mode enabled, you get up to like 832. Yep. And that curve kind of climbs sooner as well. Yes. Like the lower, True. smaller uh, block sizes actually you know, yeah. go faster. Yeah, so like if you sooner. look at the 8, was that 8K? Yeah. You know, you're looking at 155 read yep. versus 8K. Oh, that's actually lower, 151. Oh. Well, how about 232 versus 238? Maybe it's not. That's weird. It's about the same. It, it kind of like crosses it was... over. Yeah. Huh. It does get higher in like the 64, 128, 256 faster. But Okay. Uh, Either way, I mean, it does I mean, speed up. If you don't have, if the device is not UASP capable, it's just it does, free speed. It does give you some you free speed, get. yeah. Yeah. Do they have the same controller, the MSI and the ASUS? They yeah, the the, it's the same yeah. chips on both ends of what we did on this test. The only difference was that the, you know, the actual controller on the was on the motherboard on one and on a PCI Express card on another. I, I thought the device side wasn't the same. It was the same chip number. I whatever. I didn't think that was the case. I'm pretty sure. I th- yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the same as media controller on on all those instances. But um, so again, and that, so it's the USB 3.1 card is the name. Thirty nine bucks. That's yep. the only the card. I saw somebody in the chat room ask if it was the enclosure too. Definitely not. Um, and then this is kind of their plans for motherboard releases. They're going to have four X99 boards refreshed with USB 3.1 and four Z97 boards refreshed with USB 3.1. Uh, Sabertooth. Z97 Deluxe, Z97 Pro, Z97A, that type of thing. Uh, and then you've got the Rampage Extreme, the X99 Deluxe Pro, and A, right? So and you can see their prices and kind of shipping So even soon. just for ASUS, that brings the total count of Z97 boards up to about 97? <laughs> it's pretty close. <laughs> uh, it's pretty close. Seriously. It's a lot. That's just for each form factor, though. Yeah. So there's 400. True. Right, yeah. Don't forget many ITS later. Uh you know, I don't know. Again, this is this is a preview, but um, kind of, and, and and if you look at these boards, like keep in mind these boards are going to be two of these boards are going to be shipping, or three of them this month. Rampage Five Extreme, uh, X99 Pro, and the Z97 Pro are shipping this month, and then you've got a couple more on the third, and a couple more by, you know, mid March. So the 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 products are going to be out there. Yep. Uh, and then this card will be available in mid March. And then uh, we also got sent some information about a list of upcoming devices. Now, this is a huge list. We're not going to roll through all of these. And all these companies I've never heard of. Uh, uh, Akitio, Akitio, uh, AV Lab, okay. Godo, things like that. But then, Go-do? you know, Hi- Godo, G O D O. But you've got like High Point Tech, you know, we know them, yep. uh, Super Talent. Uh, and these are basically Unitech. just like external, like docs and stuff like well, that. Well, so it's or... interesting. There is. Um, there are USB 3.1 to 2.5-inch enclosures, Okay. SATA, right? Yep. Which, not necessarily to be USB 3.1, That's because true. You're not it's a SATA get... device, you're not going to saturate 3.1. Right, you're not going to get that there. much more speed. You'll get a little bit more compared to USB 3.0. Right, and there's even USB 3.1 to SATA 3.5-inch, which is even less necessary it's true. for 3.1 as opposed to 3. Yep. Um, but you get to some of the interesting ones that like aren't really listed. Like This is just High Point has USB 3.1 device. 
with just a model number. Yeah. That might be a flash drive. It could be an external hard drive with a USB 3.1 controller on it or right. something. Um, there are a couple here that are listed as like two, two, uh, like two M.2 ports or two right. M SATA ports. And, and, and it maybe would be able they to do use, RAID. And it would, well, they could either do RAID, which, I mean, the prototype things we've tested were do doing, right? right. Uh, but that chip can also be configured just JBOD, just individual drives. So mm-hmm. whatever you put in there, you can, and then you can get full speed or at least close to it from both drives at the same yeah. time. And there are, there are a couple that list here, uh, like portable USB 3.1 portable SSD. Super Talent has one that's listed as a portable SSD. Okay. So curious to see what controller that uses and what its interface is. Sure. Um, and then USB 3.1 to dual SATA 6G hard drive enclosure. Okay. Kind of interesting because you could, you could, instead of worrying about having getting the maximum performance out of one drive, you have two drives and yeah. you're getting the best possible performance you can out of them without USB 3 being a bottleneck. So, right. And all of these, a lot, not all of them, but a lot of them are March, April, March, April. There's a couple yeah, of so May. They're, they're coming kind of soon. Yeah. 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 So USB 3.1 might have a quicker ramp than I kind of expected, which, hey, that's cool. Good and stuff. You know, and they are <sighs> pin compatible backwards. Yes. So, I mean, you don't necessarily that. have to have the USB 3.1 on your on your motherboard. You, know, you could buy that kind of mm-hmm. thinking, you know, oh, I'm you about to upgrade my motherboard soon. But, and I'll get, you know, you still get decent speed. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like, oh my goodness, yeah, I have to step down. You on USB 3.0 port. Right. Right. So if you look through it, so check out that story. Um, it's on our website. I would read it. Yeah. Also reviewed out this week, the Intel Broadwell Nook. 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 N-U-C. <laughs> Next unit of computing. <laughs> it's a Broadwell update um, to a device. It's, it's here, here's what's interesting about this hardware. If you look at it here, it's very similar to all the other nooks that have come out. Looks a little smaller. It's a little bit shorter, but yeah. the four, like the width height is the same. It's still like a four by four yep. motherboard. All that's the same. Um, you know, you're you're getting the you know all USB three, but all last generation had USB three. That's true. All of the Haswell had USB three. Um, you get a charging port. It's kind of a dedicated fast charge USB three point port. Um, the top of it has a replaceable lid now. That didn't have before um, fast get, charge USB three port. The, the back uh, of this is the same. Does the fast charge port take more power than the Nook needs to run? <laughs> yeah, it seems like it sometimes. Basically, <laughs> uh, mini DP, gigabit Ethernet, two USB three, and a mini HDMI upside down. It still annoys me for some reason. I don't and inset. I don't know why that is. Uh, Kensington lock port. Uh, okay. The power adapter is new. Like it, it, the power adapter is almost. I mean, it's. It's significantly smaller than even the Nook is. Right. Right. It's not using much power on this, clearly. Uh, they built the plug into it. Yes. So it's going to kind of suck up. It is a narrow plug. Like, if you see this here, like... Yeah, I just wish they would have twisted it 90 degrees. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that it didn't... You think? Yeah, so it doesn't take up the next... Oh, uh, okay. Oh, well, if you're thinking about, like, a linear power strip. Yeah. Well, see, we have some that have... Where you can our, rotate our it. power strips are, oh. Where you can rotate it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, actually the one on this desk over here, you can rotate it. That's so it cool. does, You're right. If, if all of your plugs go down like that yeah. versus if they're sideways, this is perfect for it. Um, but, you know. Yep. Such is life. Uh, but, like, this picture really kind of, I think, paints a good <laughs> it sums picture. sums up the you size. Know, uh, <laughs> uh, what the idea is, right? This, that's a 32-gig micro or uh, SD card. Just regular, a regular SD, SD card. card. It's not a micro. A micro. <laughs> it's so small. Uh, and it's, you know, about the same height as that. Yeah, and you get the power. It's a little shorter. It's actually a little bit shorter than it. Yeah, because we had it leaning up against that. Yeah. Didn't you? Um, and that's a full 
Core i5, 5250U, Broadwell with uh, uh, HD graphics, 5500, 6000. Yeah, it's the higher-end graphics. And passive cooling completely on this one? No, no it's active cooling. Okay. So, if you, I mean, and it's a, it's a kit. It's a, it's a DIY thing. But all you really need to add now is memory and storage. Yep. Before the wireless card. Yeah, before you had AC, to add wireless. Now it's two. on the PCB. Yeah, now it's on the built it in. Um, they shipped it with uh, 8 gigs of Kingston HyperX SoDim LPDDR3. And, uh, just they, a review sample, right? Yeah. Just, yeah, 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 yeah normally yeah, you would have to add that. Just Intel's not going to ship anything in the box other than the Nook kit. And the power core, and which it, is actually which is good. because they didn't use to do oh, yeah. that. Is, uh, they did ship uh, two SSDs, uh, an M.2 SATA uh, SSD 530 series, and then an M.2 PCIe Samsung XP 941, yep. um, which obviously significant performance difference between those two SSDs. And <laughs> also significant that that can support either one. Is it? Is Just, that significant? Well, not all M.2 ports go <laughs> both ways. Walked your, way, walked your way right into that one, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Tried to stop it, but... But you know what? You still, just trained you still went there. Just let it slide in, Al. Yes. Um, so, I mean, well, I'll show you on the benchmark page. There is a... So, this is... If you look at the height of it, this is kind of the normal version. There is one that will ship with uh, an H as the last letter of the model number instead of a K. Okay. That supports a two and a half inch hard drive. So, is it a little taller? It's a little taller. Okay. And then the two and a half inch hard drive kind of sits. Yeah, because it needs some room for that. And that's why there's this SATA cable. Okay. Here, essentially, or SATA port. Well, you know what? This this could be your next storage test bed. This, uh, I don't know. It's that. got a SATA six port. You just take the lid off, and you can just, just run benchmarks right from there. That's true. He doesn't really test one SSD at a time. It gives no, you more, more capability than you have now because you can't test M.2 SATA right now. That's true. Ooh, think about I had to order. <laughs> think about it. I had to order an interposer. <laughs> You're such an interposer, Alan. I did. I had to. This is the back of it, so it is actively cool. Oh, There's okay. a blower fan, but it, it is uh, significantly quieter. Than the other ones Does it still use. spool up noticeably at load? Mm-mm. Does it spool it up? Doesn't to need to as much. Certain right? laptop standards oh, that we're God, familiar no. with. Oh no, no, not at all. You can see the wireless chip put down on the on the board right there. Getting so it, it's actually is, is, it, is it in a socket of some kind? No, or is it not? no, oh, it's, it's it's BGA. It's oh, okay. the M.2 BGA. Okay, it's it's the soldered seventy two sixty five D two W. So is that, in the comments there was concern about interference when you put. A card over it. Oh no, there's plenty of clearance. Yeah, so it looks to be oh, two like by contact two. Contact interference. Yeah, no, it's fine with that. It looks to be two by two from the antenna. Yeah, it's AC. And it's yeah, AC. Yeah, it's two by two. So Seventy-two sixty-five. Here's the removable lid. You can see the removable lid. They're they're kind of marking as hey, you can make a custom lid, or some people could sell custom lids, but I don't know anybody that's doing that, and I have no confidence that that will actually be the case. At CES, they were talking about putting like an NFC reader mm-hmm. lid on. Well, it, right? if you look at like the bricks. That we looked at before. Oh, that was gigabyte. Gigabyte. Yep. But no, but no, but I mean, uh, Intel was talking about it too. Oh, okay. But gigabyte kind of said, "Oh, well, we'll do that as well." Like they have a model that has NFC in it, so that's an idea, and you could, in theory, do that. There's like a USB port that you have access to. You know, once you take that lid off and stuff, it's it's possible. And, and as a cool aside, they post just like publicly on the support page the CAD and 3D models for the lid. So if you have a 3D oh, printer, you can print your, you own can print your own. Yeah, if you have a 3D printer, you Which can really cool. design it and write, draw a wiener on it or something. Whatever you kids do these days. And then put that on top of your computer and give it to your parents for Christmas. That's what Sebastian... It's a great... It makes a great <laughs> gift. I think. Surprise! Uh, Performance-wise... Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. The, it, worth noting, the bricks 
Pro, no, the uh, Bricks S, the BX i7 H5500 used a Broadwell Core i7 part. The Nook uses a Core i5 Broadwell. Um, the processors on the Bricks are faster. So all of our CPU benchmarks show the Bricks a little bit ahead of the Nook right here. Like here's Sandra, your multimedia scores. But if you look at the Broadwell i5 against the Nook from Haswell, which was also i5, you know, 4250 to 5550, essentially the same processor, but the other stepping up, um, it's a little bit faster. On the GPU side, the Broadwell uh, Nook is actually using a higher end GPU than the Bricks based on, based on Broadwell. It's very confusing. So the is it i7. An Iris Pro? No. No, 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 it's nice. HD 6000 versus HD 5500 is okay. what the difference is. Um, so a few more... Uh, just a couple more shader path, you know, yeah. uh, shader blocks, okay. execution units, yeah, as Intel is, calls them. Yeah. A little bit higher clock. So, the, so the graphics is, yeah, a little, graphics is a little bit faster on the Nook, but the processor is a little bit slower, right? So at the end That's of the really day, weird. It's, 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 it's kind of odd. Um, storage testing, great SATA, we, the M.2 SATA, we got up to 540 megs, yep. and M.2 PCIe up to like one point. Just one gig per second, essentially. 1.07 gigs per that second. That XP941 is, well, is no joke. When you, when you hear that, when you see that result and you look at the device that it's in, it's yeah. kind of like, well, that's that might be overkill for that particular piece of hardware. It's like faster than the desktop right. it's sitting next to. Yeah. yeah. Um, power consumption, 6.8 watts at idle, 20 watts under CPU load. <laughs> this is why I don't really get... I understand using your latest gen parts, but Broadwell, you're not going to see a big performance increase no i mean it's a device you plug into the wall it's just lower power so it can run fans at lower speeds and yeah yeah that's that's important it's 369 for the kit that's the msrp and then as we configured it 630 dollars so i will say it's not a budget part it's not a budget system yeah it's not uh even though it's tiny it's not inexpensive you're paying a little bit for the tiny you are. You're essentially. You essentially have all the hardware of a of an ultrabook, yeah, in a box in a tiny little square. And Ryan, think way back that first Nook that you got and Ken played with. Mm-hmm. The the distance that this form factor has come is insane. Because that was a one of the crappy original atoms that just really couldn't do anything but got really really warm. They did have an atom one, but they the first one out was uh, Ivy Bridge. I think so. Oh, yeah. was it? I think. Ivy Bridge. Is that the one that kept shutting down on you guys for the heat? That, yeah, that, that wasn't the processor uh, no, issue. That was a SSD yeah. with wireless. That's, oh, that's where people are getting the idea of like when yeah. those two things were making contact and it overheated yeah, they, they and it caused the, the, caused the wire. Did it cause the wireless to drop out, drop out or yeah. something? The heat from the Sandforce controller on the MSATA SSD. That, that was included. also the last Nook that they had a Thunderbolt port on. Yeah. <sighs> Interesting. Ah, so remember, never use a Sandforce controller as a heat sink? Sandforce controller, yeah. <laughs> It draws half a watt, like at I mean, idle. Here, here's here's a little here's a neat comparison pick. Um, this is the new Broadwell Nook. This is the original Ivy Bridge Nook, and that does not support a hard drive in there. So you can see, like they made it that's smaller. Yeah. Right? And this is the Bricks uh, with Broadwell that does support a hard drive in there as well. So, huh. uh, it's a neat little device uh, that. So like know. like how much is the actual Ultrabook? That has those same specs and that same. Hardware. I mean, you're probably talking 900 bucks. Okay, so it's uh, still at least. so you're still more. paying more for that same. Well, hardware. see, like that XPS 13 starts at 899. Okay, right. I was yeah. just concerned that, like, yeah. you know, are you paying more for that than you would be? You paying. know, it's so you're, you're 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 you've got to go a couple 300 dollars more expensive, but then you're getting okay. a chassis and a display and a That's keyboard. Also true and stuff. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Depends Trade-offs. on what you want. Trade-offs. Yeah. You could, I mean, you could skip more on the memory. You could go four gigs of memory. You could use one DIMM. You could, you know. That's true. You could do other things. So. <sighs> okay. Let's see if I can do this without Josh here. Oh, um, no. AMD chorizo sausage processors. Yes. That's what Josh would say here, Sausage? Right? Down the hallway. Chorizo? Chorizo sausage processors. Chorizo down the down know, hallway. <laughs> we have to try to be like Josh now. Yeah. So um, AMD, so ISSCC, which I'm not going to try and remember the act, what that is the acronym for anymore. International. Solid State Circuits Semi- Conference. Cons- consortium or. No, it's Solid State Circuits Conference. International. Okay. Yeah, look at that. I don't know. It could be wrong. Um, this is where uh, companies go. They don't really go, necessarily go to announce products. They talk about papers, but then they kind of are talking about new products. They talk about the technology go. in their products, right? Like right. new flash so, memory technology will be announced at this thing. And- uh, AMD was talking about Carrizo, which is their kind of next generation mainstream performance APU and sausage. Uh, yes. and, and to be honest with you, Josh wrote about this at CES in January as well. We, we had kind of talked about a, a lot about this. This is the... Quote, next generation performance APUs with full HSA capability. It's also the first uh, core that's going to have um, – it's also the first processor to use the new excavator core optimized for low power. This is not a desktop part. This okay. is a notebook part. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it also has the uh, a generation ahead of GCN uh, graphics in here as well. Not a whole lot of detail, but it does say Mantle DX12 support, dual graphics, things we would expect there. And it is uh, AMD's first single chip integration with the South Bridge onto a single die. That's not even something Intel doesn't do that right now either. Right. Like if you look at that picture of the Broadwell, you've got two chips. You've got the processor die with the memory controller and PCIe, and then you've got the South Bridge chip yeah. on there. Same substrate, but different die. And they're putting them on the same die. This is going to be on the same die. I don't benefits you know well until sure there are benefits there but intel is able to use different foundries yeah until intel splits them because it's totally different like process node between the for two them, usually it is yeah huh. that doesn't have to be no it doesn't it's just a matter of what the trade-off is yeah uh, so amd is going down that road <clears throat> and then it is the hsa uh, optimized there so excavator is an interesting core design you know clearly uh they're, they're claiming 23 percent area reduction and lower power in the same 28 nanometer technology it is a 28 nanometer processor still there's no node changes uh this time around and they give you some idea of like what steamroller is and then how much smaller they were able to make it while not sacrificing performance but getting a little bit better power out of there too um and then lower power optimized graphics 18 percent leakage reduction always good um so let's see what else we have here from josh's write-up Voltage adaptive operation, low noise voltage to high performance CPUs, GPUs, and APUs. Yeah, huh. This is the silly yeah. bit where they've got about eight sensors per core. Oh, I'm, I'm trying okay. to remember. Uh, sorry, ten modules hmm. per core sensing uh, the heat and the power. Hmm. It, it it's ridiculously accurate power saving. So V droop is not going to be a thing. Because it's hmm. already on top of it and is downclocking as this is happening. AVFS. And then jumping back up again. Yeah. Reliably extract the true silicon speed capability of the CPU enables accurate setting of the optimal operating point for given power or performance level across processes. Um, I am curious, like, what Intel's equivalent of this is. I mean, I imagine they have one. Yeah. Like, I don't... I don't think they publish it very much. Well, I just... I don't... I don't... It sounds bad to say. Like, I don't think... 
that this, they're not doing the, it. the Intel's not doing this right. then if AMD is doing this in their in their architecture but well they are but I don't think to this extent and you've also got a brand new sleep state too oh, SOI yeah. 3 you yeah, know, but I, I think I think S3's Intel's had gone. that I think SO yeah you know it's SOIX Intel's introduced with Haswell I believe yeah yeah so but it's it's nice that AMD has that uh, and then they're kind of getting into that I <sighs> I don't know. Like we we talked about these parts at CES, we saw some performance demonstrations. You know, obviously the demos that they're doing are always going to be positive. Yeah, it's hard to see with Intel releasing 14 nanometer parts in this exact same market, and AMD trying to release a 28 nanometer part onto the same market, targeting the same system builds and sizes. It's just, I mean, I'm not saying they can't do it, but it's a significant deficit that they have to overcome to to be able to do that. And they haven't proven recently that their CPU team can do that. Yeah. I mean, look, you can put fancy graphs up here like this that show energy efficiency from Richland to Kaveri to Carrizo. This notice that this has no there's no <laughs> there's no labels here on the other side, right? Any dotted lines that go up into anything yeah. are, are always to be questioned. And they have good feature additions that they're having here. The uh, uh, the end product is Carrizo here, interframe power gating sounds interesting. Voltage adaptive frequency scaling we were talking about, um, but they need to actually build a product on it. Yeah, and uh, we'll see. So it looks good on paper, basically. I mean, yeah, and that's their job is to make things look good on paper. Yeah. So, well, uh, Josh will be here next week. I'll I'll have him add anything else that he wants to add about uh, AMD sausage processors. I think everybody should name their processors after food from sausage instead of bulldozers and. Construction gear, yeah. Rivers, rivers. Yeah. Real, real, real short note here. Uh, There's, I don't have any content necessarily from it, but uh, we did post an interview with Bohemia actor, Bohemia Interactive's project lead. Oh man, Joris Jan Vantlan, Vantlan. Joris Jan Vantlan. There you go. See, okay. let the guy, let the Canadian say it. Uh, uh, an I interview. Think he's Dutch, actually. Ian Ian Cummings, one of our uh, four members who will likely be at the uh, PC per VLAN on Saturday, conducted the form or conducted the interview over email. If you're interested in Arma three, kind of their direction in terms of whether or not they're going to have a 64 bit ex- executable, what they think about the the claims that the game is unoptimized and runs poorly on a wide array of hardware, uh, the, all those answers are in here. In some degree, you know, DLC questions, all that stuff. I've still not really spent enough time on this game. Post a screenshot of what I use uh, for the modifiers for my launcher, which do enable multi cores, give you the different memory controller, and generally do make it a bit better. Does the game look as good to you as these screenshots make it look to me? Uh, yeah, seriously, that's impressive as hell. It's freaking drones. uh, You're going to be hard pressed to hit 60 frames. But then again, it's pretty. But it's not just that. It's it's far more of a military simulator right. than a shooter game. It, it's no battlefield. Does that mean you have to like go through like the recruitment office and then like uh, basic <laughs> they, training? They, they actually have like, your the, local map thing. Although it's the future, so it's a VR room. Oh, okay. And if you can't pass that, well, well, of course, no one's going to want to play with you ever. All right, on to the news this week. Let's see. Uh, Amazon a new egg. Offering partial refunds on GTX 970s. Yep. 
apparently. And I'm just going to throw that pin on the ground because I yeah, it's hit or miss. It. So everybody knows about the GTX 970 issues. We're all well aware. Talked about it several times. Many times. Um, and I got some emails sent to me. It's like, hey, I was able to get yeah. uh, Amazon to give me 20% back. With like screenshots of the with, chat. Like, yeah, it's either screenshots or logs of chats yeah. that people have had with through Amazon. And I went to, they pointed me to a Reddit thread where people were doing the same thing. Yeah. And then, you know, people are talking about, well, Newegg gave me a 20% gift card. They didn't give me cash back, but they gave me a gift card. And Which is fine. Micro Center oh, apparently did that. A couple of guys were told, here's a free return label. Uh, ship it back and we'll give you a full refund. Yeah, well after the return policy. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm of two minds about this. One, I, don't, I, I still don't honestly believe that it's a necessary action, right? I, I still believe that the card is performing where it was supposed to be. But whatever. Clearly, there are people that disagree with me and paid dollar, paid hard-earned dollars for their card, and now they're upset about it and whatever. I, I don't have an issue with them going and asking for these partial refunds if they legitimately f- have felt that they were being shorted in some way. But what I think is going to happen is people are just. I, I write stories like this. You jump on the bandwagon. You go to Amazon, and yeah. you're suddenly just getting a hundred and. $12 back because you can or $75 back well, because you can. And I understand it. Like I was in college once and $100 would be a huge amount of money. But I'm kind of worried about like who's going to pay for this at the end of the day. If enough people are doing this, Amazon will either cut it off completely, which I would bet that they have. Maybe they haven't. I should check well, these you, threads more recently. Do you think that's still within their margin? Like, Oh, no. No. 20% on a graphics card? Might be in Nvidia's margin, so but it's would, definitely not an Amazon. So margin. why wouldn't they just do the refund instead? Who? Amazon or? Well, because these people are saying they don't want to return the product, but they feel cheated because the product wasn't as advertised. Okay. There I are mean, some I people guess. that are doing the full return, and I don't, I, don't, I don't have a problem with that. I'm just surprised that the partial refund would be like to put them negative, as a- opposed. Amazon to... does it as a they do that stuff all the time. It's a goodwill gesture towards a customer. Okay. Right? If you have the right person yep. in chat. Or a phone. Yeah, right. you probably, you probably. There are some people saying they were being denied. Some people who are saying they were being very successful. Some people at Newegg. Amazon seemed to be mostly successful. Newegg seemed to be about 50 50 uh, when I was looking last week. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, any well, thoughts? You, ahead, you get Jeremy. the choice of either a guy comes away saying, This was awful. I didn't get my free shit. Or, Oh, these guys are awesome. I'm, I'm going to go back there every time because they give me 20% off of something and I get to keep it. For Amazon, sure. Yeah. But, like, so do you think a user who went to Amazon got 20% back, do you think it changes their opinion of NVIDIA? Probably not, honestly. No, it changed their opinion of Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of this is kind of opportunistic, like you said. It's it's because they're offering this. Yeah. Like, once once one person gets it and they talk about it. Now it's not like they feel so indignant about this. Like, the, the X70 buyer is still the X70 buyer. There were the, right. there were the 470 and the 570 and the 670 buyer who said, look, this gets me more than 80% of the way to the flagship card, and look how much money I'm saving. Yeah. The 970 is more than $200 less than the yep. 980, yep. and it gets you more than 80% of the way there. And if yep. it had said 3.5 on the box, then... They would be like, yeah, you know what? You don't even notice the difference. Nobody like, would, yeah. the, the resolutions I play at, I don't even need four gigs. This right. is so much better. This exactly. is a better deal. You're a fool if you buy the 980. Exactly. And then this comes out, and suddenly there's just indignation. And they're like, oh, you can get money? 
Oh, and and okay. in the past, mm-hmm. the 970 like would have been just accepted as this is the cut down card. This is the mm-hmm. card with 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 something disabled. So you're missing a little bit from the flagship that they you know something in binning and they make another product out of it, and it's significantly less expensive. Yeah. If this card was priced a hundred dollars less, then maybe I understand. But you you bought this card to save money. And you did hundred dollars more. You mean if this card was hundred dollars more? Uh, right, saying, yeah, I meant like hundred dollars yeah, less. Hundred dollars less than nine eighty. Yeah. Oh, okay. If, okay. Uh, I mean, and then you're talking about well, you know, at that price. Even then, I, sh- I still don't think it would have changed people's opinion because they there still would have been the mindset of I was told something and then I was right. Like the fact else. you have to resort oh. to trying specifically to run benchmarks a certain way. Look, look, I can do it. I can do it if I do this and this at this resolution that I can't even yeah. play at because it's a slideshow. I mean, Ryan really had to crank stuff up to replicate. And I mean, I'd almost jump to the uh, last news story, uh, which is tied directly in with this. Uh, it's sad that the well, argument well, we was can't over do the that RAM because, because so far down on that's the legally provable. Yeah, that's if the you're complaining about the ROPS and the L2 cache, hey, I'm fully behind you. That's actually an argument that was improper advertising. That was a screw up on Nvidia's part. Right. But there is technically four gigs of RAM on yeah. that yeah. card. So anyway, we'll 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 talk about the uh, yeah, well, lawsuit crap a little bit later. But um, <laughs> anyway, people have been doing that, and I just was curious about it and wrote a story about it, and it was a big story as some of these 970 issues have become all, all of them even though it was no particular big deal uh and then also as a follow-up to what jeremy uh talked about last week in terms of mobile overclocking they have re-enabled that feature jeremy what are your thoughts on that i i am more than a little amused by this uh it, it's kind of nice to see them backing away from saying hey you know what if you want to fully do this, you want to void your warranty, you want to play this way, all right, fine. Go ahead and do it. It's it's also an interesting uh, comment on NVIDIA's drivers because they're now pushing out a driver almost every new game that comes out. And this is a big thing for them because they do optimize it. They'll set up your SLI profiles. Right. They will uh, tweak... Uh, the individual game settings based on the card that you have right in their GeForce Experience app. So if you go back a couple of drivers just to be able to enable overclock, you lose out on a lot of this. So by enabling this going forward, it's sort of saying, hey, uh, and I hope that there is a little bit of legalese in those documents saying it's not our fault if the damn laptop starts to melt, but if you want to do it, do it. Yeah, it... So it will be enabled in a in the next driver coming out in March, I guess. Um, and I do like to claim that we had some impact on this because we complained so heavily on Wednesday on it on the podcast, and then somehow Thursday afternoon they announced that it would be going back into the driver after significant hmm. di- discussion. Well, so I couldn't have done that good a job because I didn't get an email from Pelly. Well, see, you know, I think I think he, he's the kind of guy that would have been on our side on that, right? So he would have taken our opinion to people to try to make something good happen. Now everybody, and if I'm wrong, Sean, I apologize. <laughs> You're a good man. It's not just mobile. Think about it. What if you have an all-in-one PC that has a mobile GPU in it? That's true. Now yeah. you too can overclock your all-in-one PC. 
to make it so really it loud. runs even hotter than it already does. So does the same kind but, of disclaimer? But you should be able to do that. Does the same kind of disclaimer apply to just overclocking a desktop GPU as well? I is, mean, isn't it the same disclaimer? I mean, is like is probably it, it always used to same? be. Sure. It's not so much anymore. Right. So, but it's just well, like I think. I think these they build so many safety precautions into the hardware that they're not really concerned about you killing your GPU anymore. Right. But that should also still apply to even yeah. No, the I think it will. GPU. I yeah. think it will. You may hit those things sooner. Sooner. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's yeah. You're not going to get the same overclock. No. 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 You know that you no, might get on the desktop sure. part with big honking cooler on it and everything. No. Yeah. Although, as Tom proved, you know, AMD is the opposite. If you rip off every piece of heat spreader, those CPUs will actually catch fire. That was a long time still ago. Still haven't forgiven him for that. That was a long, time ago. Was a long oh. time ago. I still uh, haven't forgiven him for that. Samsung promises another fix for the 840 Evo. Yeah. So, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I guess it's been now, about people seeing... Uh, a return of performance drops in their 840s. Yeah, yeah, they don't slow down as far as they and did the first time. We supplied them with some information and a, and an SSD, some hardware. Yep, showing that the exact thing was happening again, and uh-huh. they came back with what exactly? A statement, okay. which are words to the effect of uh, that they're going to. Uh, they're still trying to come up with the absolute fix for it. Yeah, it's not there yet. Now I think. The reason I think they're confused about it for the same reason even I'm confused is that their fix was supposed to fix all of the drives and it only seems to have fixed about half of them mm. or roughly half of them, right? Because mm-hmm. we've seen like about 50% of the reports, people telling us or even on forums, they'll, they'll be like, oh, I'm seeing it again. Here's my, my speed. You know, old files are down to 250 meg per second. Still faster than what used to be like 50 to 100 meg per second, but it's still a slowdown, right? Sure. Uh, and then the other half of people, roughly half, are like, I ran the same kind of test on my drive. I updated it right when the update came out. Look, here, it's going full speed still. Was so, the update destructive or non-destructive? It was non-destructive. Uh, I wonder it, if the half who had no, it rewrote, success... No, it rewrote everything. It was part of the process. It was not always non-destructive. We had to kill a drive. We had one brick. <laughs> well, what I'm saying four. is, say, say you just... Supposed to. Well, say you were willing to reinstall Windows and just start over from scratch. Uh-huh. And that you just backed up your files and blew away the drive uh-huh. and then did it as like a like completely destructive sure with zero data on the drive like wrote the drive to zero but unless you secure erased it like That's in true. there you really like that, that updater yeah it still basically did the same thing right it just uh, it worked a little bit harder if you had data in place as opposed to just drive being empty but it's still because had to move things and shuffle them yeah and, you know move clean move clean move clean yeah. move clean it basically played yeah. musical chairs while it was doing its process, but it basically did some kind of a recalibration or re-something, realigning of metadata for the, all of the flash. I'm just wondering why it was um, certain people saw Well, that's the thing, and, and it might be down to, like, uh, just batches of manufacture and how, yeah, like, if they updated the type mm-hmm. of, you know, something about the flash memory itself, and maybe their fix was only really effective on the newer ones versus the older ones, because what we noticed is our original samples for our original 840 Evo reviews all happen to be the same drives that were showing the slowdown again. And all of the drives that either Josh had one, Maury had one, I had another one in the laptop, those were all drives that we had gotten after, like a few months after mm-hmm. release. Those were, did, did not seem to be slowing down, right? So, but who knows what the real answer is, right? But they're trying to figure this out. And in the meantime, uh, they're considering up Tough releasing... Toodles. Yeah. Um, they're considering releasing an update to Magician. What do you mean they're considering? Well, it's like... They say they're considering they're or they it. are. 
Well, it hasn't happened yet, so nothing's for certain. Do but that's what's in their statement is that they intend to update Magician. Okay. So they're not considering it. They are going to do it. All right. I have a follow-up question, Alan. Yeah. Can a future firmware update actually change the hardware inside the drive? Well, it's, it's <laughs> no. firmware. Oh, okay. I mean, I know. But like, could you download no. more channels? So, but no, it's just no, Samsung will release an updated version of the Samsung SSD Magician software in March that will yeah. include a performance restoration tool. So you just run it whenever your shit uh, starts to. Start. I think it might just kind of do it. Like I lubrication think it just might be like for the did, drive. Were you not concerned about? life of the ssd every time you ran that utility because back then well back when it originally came out you could only run it once it's like well, why would right. they let you just rerun it again and again and again and it was lifetime of the drive well if you ran it like i mean you get roughly a thousand ish cycles on tlc mm-hmm. flash and every time you run it it would eat up one cycle okay right so that's still you could still run but it if you were saying if it was lot. running it continuously but, but it is wasteful to just like i don't mean continuously like it maybe it does like um you know every couple of months it would do it or it would only maybe selectively do it on stale data who knows how they're actually going to sure. do it right um but it's it kind of comes across to me in their wording of their statement and they haven't answered follow-on questions that i asked them but um it comes off as if uh, like they intend to still be able to, like they would want to just have them all just fixed and not need a, a kind of a band aid, which is what, well, sure, which is what magician doing that kind of a process periodically is just a band aid. So you'd have to have right? software installed in your system, though. You'd have to have the magician software, right? Um, which okay. comes with a lot of other benefits, too. Like a lot of people just run magician, but I don't, uh, but there's a lot of people that just don't run it at all. That's true, and you shouldn't have to. I would right? agree with that. You shouldn't like but be required to. Sebastian's point about having a firmware change the. The, yeah. Plus, it's on a die. It's on a uh, uh, what are those things? The round discs. Uh, yeah. CDs. They're called CDs. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. Those things. And you know, a lot of computers don't have those. Well, what's on the round disc? What? Software. Well, you don't need the, the CDs. To, I know, but I'm just saying. Then you have to go to the website and find it, and oh. it's just creating a barrier to entry. Well, that, that's true. That's true. But I'm like, I mean, same argument for that performance Let restoration me ask you this. tool. You don't think they're actually going to figure out what this is, right? I kind of do. I just don't think it's going to happen. Like they're not like going to fix another it month. But right. But I mean, they're going to release a tool that's going to let you run the thing and fix the performance. Now, that seems easy. But they're not going to fix it because it's an 840, and they're already at the 850. And maybe, but they're kind of getting a lot of flack for it. Uh, you, so know, you know, you know, the best way to get rid of a problem. Well, yeah, <laughs> and they and they. And I'd love to have one of these they drives could, because one of the do... commenters mentioned. Yeah. What if you run a defrag on it? Oh, uh, yeah, you're shutting uh, the life no. of the drive. But then again, this tool is doing. It. I'm just be curious. I've never seen. I bet it fixes it. Well, the defrag would only it's defragment fragmented files. Oh, so if it's not fragmented, it would leave it alone. It would. It, yeah. But does the defrag utility files. see all SSD content as fra- fragmented? No. Probably. It only sees it logically. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. Okay. It only sees what Windows sees. Um, so it would have no idea. And it's not that but, the files are fragmented. That's what's causing this to be slow. No, it's I know. It's that the, the cells Aging. have just drifted slightly just due to time. Yeah. And it's just not compensating correctly. That's what the T and TLC stands for is time. Well, no. <laughs> not tender. Because, like, okay, the controller between the cells. 840 Pro and the Evo is uh-huh. the same, right? Basically. But, but there's slight differences, I mean, but okay. yeah. But I mean, like in firmware, probably, or is it the same silicon? Is it's it firmware. It's like they, they have they have similar silicon or like but the, the same silicon. The big difference between Evo and Pro was MLC versus TLC, right? Yeah, and SLC cache on 
with the TLC mm-hmm. and stuff right. like that, right? Um, I wonder if now the SLC part. Can you? Is there a way to find out if that slows at the same rate as the MLC? There's no way you would ever know because. Like it's that, also way, way That's faster. just a rolling cache. And it's yeah. so fast. Yeah. Not only that, but like even if this happened on MLC, like chances are it wouldn't slow to the point where the you would get lower than the SATA bottleneck. Right? Hmm. Like it wouldn't slow so badly. That, like usually you're just riding the saddle bottleneck on read speeds. Anyway, right. It's it's gotta um, be some kind of firmware thing. Because there's there's so many drives out there with ML or with TLC now that this is this would be like an industry wide thing. Don't you there's think? There's not a lot. There really is a lot. Aren't some of the higher capacity inexpensive drives using using TLC? Like no, the they don't just cheap, switch crucial drives and the their MLC. They really? don't just switch midline like that. Like hmm. that, this higher to change a lot. Yeah, the um, Apple did that with the iPhone sixes, and that's why people were having weird issues. With oh, that's right. They had to switch gig. back to MLC. It, yeah, but that was just for <laughs> higher. But, but do that? they're the only ones that did a weird thing like that. Uh, regular SSD lines don't tend to do that. So. But, I think it's just a matter of something where they didn't anticipate some kind of configuration of like maybe hypothetically their older batches of flash and this that origin their original attempt at a fix is just not correctly mm. doing what it was meant mm-hmm. to do to it, right? We'll see. Yeah. If nothing else, wait if you have performance issue, then the idea is sometime in March they'll release a tool that will let you restore it, even if it is another temporary fix until they figure out. Yeah. I just want to see somebody fix. totally screw with one of these that's got degraded performance. That's what we do. Defrag the damn thing. Do a governmental wipe on the damn thing. Just see, does it have any effect whatsoever? Well, what do you mean? No, here's the thing. As soon as you write to any of those areas that slowed down, it's full speed again. Correct. I'm just curious to see someone actually do benchmarks on this. I've never seen it on any other site. But that's the thing. You can't really benchmark it because it's it would have, you would have to only read. As soon as you alter any of the data, yeah, you, yeah. you're immediately t- sending the problem. Right. As soon as you have written to any part that was slowed down, that you're port, fixing the problem. That part is no longer slowed down. Solving the problem. Yes. Yeah, automatically the solving the problem. Just well, use but, the drive. I, I get it, but that's why nobody's published a specific. Take like, your Windows you know, folder and copy it to C colon slash Windows old. Oh, and then, no. and then copy no. it back and override on, all of your Windows files. On no, no, no. critical machine. You're going to yeah. make me cry because you don't know how many times I've actually seen Just people copy do it, that. Copy it to, <laughs> the, copy it to your other reasons. external USB drive and then copy it back and it'll be fine. Wow. Just control A. And feng shui your drag. DLL files because they should all be in See, the See, Ken same knows spot. I'm right. Ken's over there. He's like, why wouldn't that work? So why actually, actually while we're on this, uh, I should bring this up really quick. Um, somebody over, I had an email conversation uh, with Hurry someone in the past week. Uh, they mentioned like, hey, why not run SpinWrite? It basically, if you run it at like level four, it reads and writes. And that's what it does. You it does. Yeah. It would read and write the entire drive. Now, but did, does SpinWrite six C? Uh, it just it just it doesn't pay attention to trim or any of that other. No, but I'm saying like the interface, like it, SpinWrite six can see SATA. Yep. But it. It's basically just SATA. Okay. Okay. So uh, here's the thing. Here's why you shouldn't do that. Okay. Even if you're on at level four, and theoretically it only does one read and one write across the entire thing, so you should only burn one cycle of the flash, mm-hmm. hopefully, right? Uh, it doesn't do any kind of trimming, and it doesn't pay attention to what files are actually there and where there's empty space. So you don't need to rewrite the empty space, so now you're just wasting, like if your drive was only half full, you just rewrote the whole drive for no reason. You're racing because a flash cycle in the data that doesn't it, need to have a flash cycle. Uh, you're doing that. And then on top of that, since it didn't trim the drive, it has now allocated the whole drive completely when it ran. 
Mm-hmm. And now you boot back into Windows, and the SSD operates as if it has to pay attention to all of the data everywhere on the drive, now, which means it has less extra flash to shuffle stuff around. Mm-hmm. Usually an SSD has some free trimmed area, <coughs> right? And you actually wear out the flash slower than you would hmm. if the entire thing was full and it had to juggle How old's that data tool? around. Spin rate? Mm-hmm. That's a rather oh, personal question, isn't it? Old. It's really old. <laughs> But but it's just it's just I don't know what it came with. It's just that when you run it on an SSD, it no, just, it's saying. not you know it's it, yes it is more dated than like trim and that sort of stuff is it's not meant you know to yeah, deal it's with not that meant to stuff, deal with that right? type of tech. It wasn't built for yeah. that. That so. doesn't mean that it might you know there are cases where if you had like a bad sector or something on an SSD, it might be lucky and coax the SSD into getting it back. It's possible. Just because it's running at a very low level and not with Windows and not Windows will just time something out where Spinrite is running at DOS level, it wouldn't let the drive time out, that kind of thing. DOS but, level. So it has serious? it has its perks, but for this specific issue on an eight forty Evo, none of the data nobody said that like I couldn't read a sector. It's just that it was slow. Sure, so sure, sure. I, no, so that's fine. Spinrite is not the right answer for that specific case, I will say. <sighs> Moving on. GPU market share. Yeah. Good for NVIDIA, bad for AMD. It's true. Uh, so John Petty Research, one of the uh, research houses that comes out with a lot of stuff on kind of like discrete enthusiast markets, released data last week that showed, uh, if you look at this column here, this is Q4 2013, and this is Q4 2014. And if you look, you can kind of see how this comparison goes. AMD actually dropped from last year, from the end of 2013 to the end of 2014, 11 percent market share and guess who gained 11 percent well gee matrix. market share matrix no good try a good try in fact market sh- uh <laughs> matrix lost one tenth of a percent also to nvidia oh um out of their out of out of so they're down to a mathematical 0.00 percent which is not quite it's zero. It's just a theoretical number. It's just a theoretical number. Well, I only, I only in reality, round... dozens of people are actively using this <laughs> every day. I, I only rounded two decimal points oh, okay. with the data, right. so you get what you yeah. get. Uh, so it's NVIDIA, a thing in two, what yeah. can I say? NVIDIA went from 64.9 to 76% market share. So the current market share in discrete graphics is 76, NVIDIA 24, AMD. What is that in basis points? <laughs> I don't know. What do you Matrox, Matrox measures their market share in basis points. It's like, it's like people. It's like a hundred. I think it's like the the hundredth. Yeah, yeah, or the thousandth. I don't know. So it's um, down there. That is bad news for AMD in particular, right? Good news for for uh, Nvidia, I guess. It's a, that counts as a twenty point change in market share, right? Where you went from one guy gaining eleven and one guy oh, losing eleven, right? You're you gaining. You're, you're talking about twenty point change. Um, the the problem is, what was the last new? AMD card, the 285. Yeah, and that wasn't was really new. After, I know, oh, but, I mean, but like it's just a new, new model number. 290, 290X. Well, no, 285 was new. You're right. Yeah. That was a Tonga GPU. So it was. So, but if you look at market share stuff, it's not very. Wasn't very that high the new. very beginning of 2014 that came out, or at the very end of 13? It may have early been like, 2014, I think. Like January or something. Yeah. And that's it. And the, for the whole year, the what's, existing model numbers are all you could see on Newegg or Amazon or anywhere. What's so depressing about this, in reality? is that over the course of 2014, AMD had very good parts. They had performance per dollar advantages in almost every position. Yep. Yep. They did game bundles 
yeah. and promotions. Really true. Yeah. Right? Maybe they weren't as good in 2014 as they were in 2013, but they did game I, bundles I bought when, my when NVIDIA was not. X in, like, November, mm-hmm. like a few months With ago. With that bundle. Right. And it, I got, like, three games. Yep. And yeah. I got, like, uh, And the net result of this is that they lost 10% market share throughout the year. So what's wrong? They just need new product. Like, so here's the thing. Like, NVIDIA didn't really release that much new stuff either. You had the 970 and 980, and that was a huge boon starting in September. But it didn't mm-hmm. start until September. Okay, and they didn't get. I mean, if you, look at, all, if you look at Q3, yeah, look at the middle. They were at seventy-one percent. So between Q3 and Q4, they gained another five percent. So yeah. they had already gained six or seven percent. Now, on is the way this up. based on usage or is this based on unit sales? Sales. Okay. Sales. So these, this does not count mobile GPUs at all, or does it? Do they count the GPU in the laptop as I like don't one unit know. sold? Because there's no presence. Was, it's only discrete. There's so no it's discrete not presence. Yeah, there's no discrete in this at yeah, all. Yeah, but I don't think that's Intel's not in, in I don't think mobile that's, that's with AMD. There. So I mean, the, by default, any laptop with a discrete GPU yeah. would be. A, a this is add-in board. This is the add-in board report, so it doesn't take. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's only the. Well, yeah, does that count MXM? It's become a very strange board? definition nowadays. But so they had yeah. to do an add-in board. Report. Right, because of integrated okay. graphics and all that stuff. All right. it complicates things. I guess I could have. Was it in the article? I could have, I guess. Right. Yeah, if you just RTFA, <laughs> you know, we would have uh, got past this. Uh-huh. Well, I, I can I use the header in the uh, actual article. It cost you about ten grand. <laughs> the I don't I don't know what to say about this because we don't believe it or not. Even if you're an Nvidia fan, you don't want this trend to continue. You don't want Nvidia to not have uh, competition, significant competition in the you market. You don't want this to be a mirror of, for example, Intel AMD on the CPU side. Correct. There's no for example, competition. I was going through my office today, and there was a dry erase board hanging up, and it was from. Great story so far. Pull up the picture. Uh, <laughs> I will. I will pull up the picture. What year? Somebody look up. What year did the two ninety five come out? The GeForce two ninety five. Two ninety five was yep. that two thousand eight? I don't know the answer, so I'm asking you. Two ninety five. Where did I put that picture? Um, that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, it was. This is a dry erase board that is very old. <laughs> Where was the dry erase board again? Uh, in my office. It, it's at my no house. longer a dry erase oh, board. January two thousand nine. January awesome. two thousand nine. Time warp. Five I'm gonna have ago. to look it up on uh, on my Twitter feed here. Um, what architecture was two ninety five? Was that Fermi? No, that wasn't until four hundred series. What was before? Fermi? I don't know what they called it. G eighty. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or something like that. Yep. So here's... Was that the same as like the... Here's, here's this picture. <laughs> okay. It's, it's no longer a dry erase board. It's, a, it's just a board because it's, it's been... It's a dried Yeah. Let me zoom in a little bit here. Okay. And here's what's interesting. The GTX 295 was a dual GPU card. Right? The 4870X2 was a dual GPU card. Look at the prices of those cards in 2009. The 295 was 589 was a dual GPU card. Right. The highest end single GPU card was a 285, and it was 329. On the AMD side, the 4870X2 was 369. Two GPUs. And the 4890 single highest end GPU they had there was 229. This was for... that brilliant time between the the $1,000 GPU flagships. Because they were $1,000 flagships before that, and then there was this brilliant little time where they all got We could afford them. And then we got the Titan again. So, I just I, it, it struck me when I looked at that it, that board today of holy crap, the highest end single GPU was two hundred eighty something dollars, and now it's six forty nine, <laughs> right? Yeah. So here here is a new <laughs> inbox. 
Asus 4870X2 top overclocked edition. <laughs> DDR5. DDR5. So fast. Wait, it's is got that little G streaks DDR behind or it. just DDR? I probably G. Okay. Um, but, but it's overclocked. That's Oh yeah. You're getting So th- that card was $369 at one point and it was like new. Yeah. You know? It still it was like, is new. It was like new, right? Like that. I'll sell it to you for $369 today. Um, That's worth five. So the, the, uh, what this shows us is it's not just performance per dollar. And it's not bundles. And it's yeah. more than that. And yeah. NVIDIA knows what that is. That's marketing and branding. It's drivers. It's technology. It's things like G-Sync. It's things like um, you know frequently updated drivers and Wickle support and all that other crap that mean something to gamers more than just uh, 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 how many frames per second you get. Clearly, you should have that to the giveaway tonight. (laughs) No, no, I'm keeping it. It's going in the museum (laughs) later. It's vintage. Um, Let's move on. We've slate. Windows 10 has added DirectX 12. I don't know if there's anything else to that, Jeremy, in this story. Wasn't that a while ago? No. Well, uh, now they have included drivers. Oh, okay. Windows update and, pushes okay. out drivers now. Windows, so there's NVIDIA uh, and AMD Display Driver 2.0 as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is All the right. new that is the new version of WDDM. Yeah. That. But of course, we don't have anything that really plays with it nicely, so we don't know yeah, how no, well it no works. There's no DX12 applications yet. Right. But if you have DX10 installed. And you start to update your drivers, you will notice. 12. I'm sorry, 12. no Windows 10 DX12. Yes. If you have Windows 10 and you run you some updates, you'll update. see DX12 installed, and now drivers, different drivers. Uh, GeForce 34965 is what you'll get, which is newer than what's and, available on the website. So interesting. And if you believe the guy that sets fire to AMD processors, they can now support mixed GPUs, which he's literally the only source right now. So Windows I 10. I take that with a. Grain you can of salt. do that in Windows 8. Windows 7, for that matter. Multi-GPU mixed... You mean like SLI with multi-GPU? Uh, or like, like Lucid-like? No, that, that's... that's DX12 will yeah. support that, but it needs to be written into the engine. It's not a DX12-specific thing. Like It's, it's a mu- Hydra-specific It's thing. much like Mantle in that a GPU just shows up as a compute device... And you can use yep. it. So if there are multiple compute devices, you can, in theory, just use them all. Um, for physics? For whatever you want. For science. Or for science. For so if you have that there. So more testing is needed. Uh, right. Pay attention. We, there will be updates. Uh, Jeremy, do you have any worries about your AC cables at your uh, house there? Well, uh, no, because I only use out-of-spec cables. I, I only <laughs> use the ones that I expect to catch on fire, and this I'm is great. This is a, looking this at This is them. such a great and story. And you purchase additional homeowner's insurance before using these out-of-spec cables. There's insurance? Well, in, in America, we uh, get well, insurance. Well, I'm in North America. It's close. Oh, it's America's the north friend. part. Yeah. So what? What is? What am I I'm looking up at north here? Too, but I'm not quite. Explain. Far. Explain what I'm looking at because this just looks like a power cable. Uh, so if you buy those super duper cheap friggin' cables off of technically a supplier, not reputable, well, not this irreputable, came with a device. You know, people you've never bloody well heard of, the AWC may not be completely accurate. 
This actually, so this cable came with a specific. It was like a hard drive dock. It was a Vantech hard drive dock, I believe. Yeah. Okay, and so the cable, even though it is the same form factor, even though the the cable was cut off on the end, yeah, there, a rubber cord. It would be the one that would plug end. into back of your power supply, right? Even though it has the same form factor as that, and since it's rated for 250 volt at 10 amp on the on the connector, oh, it says it on the ca- on the cable yep. connector. It does okay? No, it says it on the connector. Wow, not all the way down the cable. Right. Mm. See, the connector is rated for that. Maybe the cable <laughs> is not. The cable, not so much. So the uh, the issue is that if you uh, if you were to use like you know you you don't use that device anymore. You put the power cable away. You're building a new computer. You reach into the closet. You pull out a power cable that is the same shape same shape on both sides that you need. You plug it in and use it, and suddenly the cable melts. You know what? There is an easy answer to this. <laughs> Sebastian is always good at our computer builds. So by the monster cables. Better. What's better than a monster for tackling? Raw power. I don't. An anaconda. My fingers? I don't know. I, don't I, I sent the link in hip chat. If you could bring it up. My Uh-oh. anaconda don't want <laughs> it's, it's big, it's black, <laughs> and it can handle a lot of power. Holy crap. And look, it's on sale. It's, it's on sale for just twenty three ninety five. $23.95? There are some zeros afterwards, which I think you can round off. (laughs) I believe it's... Six inches or a foot? um, You can order it in different lengths. Oh, how handy. If you want to. The maximum savings are on the 1.75. It's got a 60-day guarantee for that price. Uh, There's an M after it, which I'm not sure Jeremy could help me out with this. I'm not sure what that measurement is. M stands for measurement. It stands for male. Yes. Yes. It's been measured. Okay. It's been measured to 1.75. $2,400 for a 15-amp power cord. That seems to make sense to me. So, I mean, standard 15-amp service. And I don't think you have to worry about this one catching fire. (laughs) So this is is the answer. There's probably nothing in between these two extremes. So I guess this is just a PSA for people to be careful about the cables you're using. I mean, here he cut them open and showed you the difference. This is pretty skimpy on the right on on how one much cable there is. one is not. Yeah, geez. One yeah. is using proper conditioner. The blog post author the apparently others. tested their own cable under load, and they claim that it started to melt at 2.6 amps, 123 volts at 320 watts. It started Which to melt. Which is stupidly small. So if you plug that into about any power supply under load. But what did it come with? Like a Vantech external hard drive? Dock Which drew thing? how much? Not Way that. less than that. But the cable the, the issue is a drawer or something, and you don't. Yeah, you if you grab it, use it like, for something else, then. And, and, and even if but you, do you check really the label cable. your cable to say, "Oh, this is the one that came with a Vantech." Yeah. Oh, and it was it was so labeled. This is the one that came with a 250 240 volt. Okay, so it's labeled wrong. Yes, clearly. Yeah, it is an illegal cable. <sighs> I can't believe it. It's not cool. Okay, our last story. Caveat mTOR. Yeah, our last story. Nvidia faces. Remember that 970 we talked about? Oh yeah, the 970. Uh, I haven't heard about that in so long. NVIDIA is now, NVIDIA and Gigabyte, interestingly enough, are facing uh, the first officially filed class action lawsuit. And you. No, they're not suing me. Well, no, but they're calling you as an expert witness. I I friggin' hope that's not the case. My my story is. Can you be an expert witness? Can you do that professionally? Yes. By who? That would be cool. Well, it depends. You can either get paid by the defendant or the plaintiff. Not Uh. if you're subpoenaed. 
But mm, Ryan, correct. Ryan, he ain't got time for that. I, I. <laughs> that's true. The rent is too damn high. <laughs> so I mean, here is a link. You can go find it. It is on Scribd. Is that how you pronounce that? Sure. Yeah. Scribed. Scribed. That's gonna be what it is. Scribed. Right? Scribed. Yeah. Uh, Nvidia lawsuit. You can go see here. It was filed in uh, San Francisco because, of course. Um. And uh, there it is. And if we do a quick, let's see. Uh, you control it. You controlling F for for shroud. Let's see. I don't know if it's OCR'd. Well, oh, it might not be. Oh no, they have their own search thing. Okay. Yeah. That does look. A, that does look just it's like worse scans. Than PDF. Yeah. Long story short, they're suing oh, about here it is. three and nope, a half versus right four gigs. There you go. Referencing our story, mentioning us in the thing. Oh, the plaintiff is a citizen of Michigan and resides in Cass County, Michigan. What mm. what what county do you live in, Sebastian? Uh, <laughs> not Cass County. <laughs> Seems convincing. As he types away, counties in Michigan. Michigan yes. Uh, so there's that. So Nvidia's getting sued for it. Um, now officially, people had theorized and had done done. Uh, what do you call it? Like discovery. For it, so the argument's going to be not two fifty six bit bus. With? The argument is going to be not for not a true four gigs, right? Not two hundred fifty six bit, right? Not two megs of L two cache and not uh, sixty four ROPs. Okay, so the second two are the accurate. They got true. something. Yeah. But here's the thing, though: the first two, I don't think are going to hold up in a court argument. I would no, not tend. Point I would tend to believe one, two, three, that as well, but because because even. Even a GPU, even a 980, right? And some people are going to probably not understand this, but even a 980 is not using all 256 bits 100% of the time. Yeah. Depending on what data is where, it's just hitting that RAM. So like, here, you know, it's here not are all just the, like all um, on, all off, right? Here are the uh, uh, Material representations that were violated, apparently. In, quote, these are all quotes. NVIDIA lists specifications on its website stating the GTX 970, the standard memory configuration is 4 gigabytes, in quotes, Correct. with the memory interface is GDR5. An example is Correct. attached here, too. Um, Those are both true. Gigabyte states on its website that the specific model is integrated with the industry's best 4 gigabyte GDDR5 memory, 256-bit memory interface. It's still true. Example attached. Uh, I don't think it's the industry's best, but... <laughs> yeah, that's another issue. Maybe not the industry's best. Okay. Uh, sure. Yeah, but they claimed it, so... In the GTX 970 reviewer's guide sent to all media intended to review, repeat the specifications of, describe, and promote the GTX 970, NVIDIA stated that the GTX 970 had 2 megs of L2 cache, 64 ROPs. Mm. The... Product packaging for the gigabyte card represents a product as a four gigabyte device. Examples attached. Um, despite defendants' uniform representations to the contrary, the GTX 970 does not provide these advertised specifications in actual use. And that's the defendant failed to disclose the true specifications uh, because defendants' claims were included in advertisements, marketing, and sales presentations. A reasonable consumer who would purchase these products would likely be misled into believing the 970 functioned using a full 4 gigs of VRAM, 64 ROPs, 2 megs of cash. When that so is not they were the buying fact. a 980 for cheap. <laughs> no, I, I think you're just missing it too easily. <laughs> no, I, and that was right? a cheesy comment. No, but I, yeah, it's... It, 
defendant's misrepresentation and omissions alleged herein are the type that should or would be material to typical product purchasers, i.e. a reasonable person, reasonable person interested in these types of devices would attach importance to them and would be induced to act on the information making the purchasing But decisions. the defense to that is would they actually be affected by them? So that's if they want not, the majority of users... That's not the argument. It's true. Even if you're I not adversely it. affected about it, if it's false advertising, essentially, yeah. then that's what they're looking at. Yeah, but they won't even contest it in court. Deceptive totally marketing scheme. It. I mean, LinkedIn, uh, that huge password kerfuffle, I believe is the uh, proper word to use there. They paid it a dollar per aggrieved participant. They just settled that today. It, it, it went out to that was your That was what you made for your password being leaked to everybody on the damn planet that could care. It was a dollar. Hmm. Huh. They talk yeah. about uh, uh, NVIDIA's record profits were driven in part by the sale of the company's flagship 970 GPUs, which is likely why it did not want to disclose material limitations at issue herein until after it had made millions of dollars in sales in such products. On January 25th, uh, Jonah Albin admitted that while the 970 technically features 4 gigs of RAM, the final 512 part runs at a far slower rate than the first 3.5 gigs. This is not a technical glitch. As from a practical standpoint, this means that when the purchaser uses the 970, when, it, when a true 4 gigs of VRAM is needed, one 3 point, once 3.5 gigs is reached, the program will slow down or sputter. Um, Albin admitted the ROP and L2 differences. Despite the admission, Defendant NVIDIA and Defendant Gigabyte both continue to advertise and market the devices in this manner. There's only one satisfactory ending to this case. The engineers get to impale... The PR the people, PR guys that on made the guide, <laughs> yeah, because that's exactly what it came down to. The engineers already told them this is exactly what it does, and the PR people are like, "Oh no, it, it, oh, I'm going to brand it as this." I don't even think it was that. Let the hail the PR people. I don't even think. I don't spot. even think it was that far. Yeah. I think it was just PR people going, "Oh, how much memory? Okay, you know," and just like, yeah, you know. I mean, I could see that happening. <sighs> that's the thing. It's you know, the PR people aren't like... This is going to take a long time, so it's not like next week we're going to have a conclusion of this. Yeah, it's true. It's I gonna, figured everybody should know. Months. Yeah. I figured everybody should know. Feel free to leave us your thoughts in the comments below. Lovely. Don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, they, whatever they say. Um, I'm sure most will like. Real quick question. Uh, because uh, I, I don't... I, I thought this was easier than replying to the email. I don't know. Um, Alex wanted to know, quick question regarding DX12. He's planning to buy a new graphics card soon, but wanted a DirectX 12 card for the fancy new features. So he's considering the 970 or the 980. Uh-huh. Uh, the question is, are these real DX12 cards? Since DX12 development is still going on, how can these cards be fully DirectX 12 compliant? It's a very good question. Uh-huh. DX12 standard was finalized before these parts were finalized. Yeah. These will have full spec Hardware support. Hardware for support DX12. for DX12. Yeah. yeah, so you'd be fine with those parts. How yeah. far back does DX12 hardware support go? 970, 980. That's it. 960. Okay. Yeah. That's it. There's no AMD products that can claim full DX12 support. Now, okay. remember, a lot of DX12 will be backported to support on older hardware, like the whole efficiency side of things. Sure. But the new features of DX12 require new hardware. The things requiring hardware acceleration. Right. Specifically. Right. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Okay. Uh, hardware software picks of the week. This is the part where we tell you things to buy or not buy or use. I don't know. Whatever. Um, Stuff. Oldie but a goodie from me starting out. Um, and it's only because it was relevant to me uh, as I 
attempt to discharge batteries <laughs> very quickly as quickly as possible as it turns out using something like prime 95 well that'll do it not only is a stress test for hardware but also is a good way to take a battery that normally lasts about three and a half hours and make it last 39 minutes that's awesome uh when you're trying to discharge it just so you can measure recharge rates mm-hmm. uh, a little bit faster so that's prime 95 it's been around forever um I don't know when the last cores does it use? Does it just use? It'll use all of it. It'll, it'll, as many instances as there are threads, it'll it'll yeah, it'll you can start. Type pretty in awesome. any number you want. That's awesome. Yeah, you could run it on the the streaming. Machine. Yeah, the streaming. Machine. If you don't know what Prime ninety five is, you basically would use like if you're overclocking your system, you want to stress test it before yep. you actually go in and start gaming or do anything work work wise. Run it, set it, have Prime ninety five run overnight. Like that's a typical type of thing. And if your system yeah. is up in the with morning, with very and, good cooling, with very good cooling, yeah, that's true. It will destroy hardware. Um, not figuratively, or not literally, figuratively instead. Well, uh, and if your literally. system's still well, up possibly running, possibly literally. <laughs> if your system's up running in the morning when you get up, congratulations, you probably have a stable. If you had setup. a house fire in the middle of the night, if, if if the fire department woke you up, that was a failure. Not so much. And also, if it crashed or it's rebooted, then lower increase voltage or lower clock speed and try again another night. Uh, so that's Prime ninety five. Don't go to prime ninety five dot com. Two volts. Decrease voltage. Um, uh, just search Prime 95. It's it's technically the great internet. Uh, how do you say that? Mer- Mercene Prime Search. What was that other one? There was one. Uh, I don't know. There was another one I was thinking of, but it's only single thread. It was that Super Pi, whatever thing. Yeah. Yeah, but you yep, can run that on multiple. Pie. Yeah. You can run multiple instances of that, but it. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess Alan. This is it not Jeremy? Jeremy. Jeremy. What do you got? Oh, it's me. Yeah. Well. Seeing as how SSL is as fishy as my pickled herring oh, that's nowadays, awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm looking back to the old days, and I'm not a huge fan of remakes, but Homeworld Remastered, you know, as much as it says that, yeah, we can't really make good AAA games anymore, what they've done with this is just amazing. And I doubt Josh is actually at the bas- basketball game. He's playing <laughs> this. Uh, it's, it's pretty freaking neat. Uh, not only have they made it prettier, they've revamped the interface. Uh, they've got some of the old developers to get on this. If you've never played it before, well, you're young and get off my lawn. But buy this game and play it. If you're my age bucks. or older and you've played it before, play it again. It's it's actually going to be. A hell Do of I need a, a flight stick? Uh, you didn't play Homeworld, did you, Ryan? Do I need a flight stick? Is no, this, is this, it's, it's, it's fleet. Strategy, it's not right? fighter. Okay. The mothership is ready. Is it just RTS or MMO? Which one is it? it it's RTS. Okay. Uh, it's a very slow fleet piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. F- RTS. But you don't it's have to argue with to Alan in that regard. No, no, no. I have a quota of one on MMOs that will not exceed. It's not it's, MMOs. It's not Eve. Like, good. You mean a lifetime it's quota? It's going to feel like Eve like, in a way. Like WoW for life. Like a much you're smaller set, Eve. No, like one at a time. Oh, okay. And yeah. Well, you can only play yeah, one at a time. I have a limit of zero for MMS. I guess you can have them on to do a monitor setup. You could live the life. You could live the life. Or you could six box. Does Windows support two keyboards simultaneously? Not yeah. doing well. The KVM well. switch that's good enough, yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, there are KVMs that you can put the keyboard to one. Could you play one in a VM and then you could? Yeah, you could do it on your laptop right now. Uh, no, that's what he's doing. That's side what I by needed. side. Windows he just XP needs another VMs. distraction. No, Alan, what do you got? Alan, you haven't played it. 
I highly recommend grabbing these. I agree. So, uh, so Jeremy, if you would hold up that uh, that jar again briefly, so I could see that super fish that's oh. on it. Pickled herring. Where, where are oh. you going? Oh, where, 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 I'm all go. crazy. See, it looks just like a super fish. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I expect this to be, you know, questionable and pickled and fishy. Yeah, so if you've got oh, Lenovo laptops and you haven't seen any of the 25 different news article things that have come out lately. Um, oh, there, it's back up. Good. Uh, there is a Superfish removal tool that applies to Lenovo laptops that came with this Superfish adware kind of. Does it of. fix the Komodo fuckery too? Uh, I don't know about that one. But Superfish is really bad. <laughs> That's a term. I've never heard those two words together before in my entire life, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, that's. I'm going to have to look at that one after. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Sebastian's just like beside him. That's Sebastian beside himself. That's what it Literally. looks like. Yes, actually beside himself. Um, so Superfish is bad. Okay, you don't want this on your system. It basically just has a root SSL certificate, which means that even if you're on a secure website and some malicious actor hooks into using this other root certificate that's already there, it's like the back door is kind of already there, right? So they can just inject stuff into a secure into website. Into the back door. Yes, they can inject stuff into the back door. Sausage, right? Like the reason. Like we said We earlier. talked about this a little bit we last week. We talked about this, so. okay. yes. Yeah. You weren't um, here, but we talked about it. Oh, the superfish stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah. So bad you know, news. Priv dog from you don't want that kind of thing on your system. Worse. There was a little bit of back and forth. Like Lenovo initially said, "Well, we thought this would be better for you," and like then no, 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 no. As soon as this was an issue, they said that they admitted they had stopped shipping it in January already. Yeah, and that they realized it was bad, and they stopped shipping it. Meanwhile, Superfish themselves were all like, you know, their CEO was all well, no shit, you know, yeah, being like, "Oh, there's nothing wrong with this at all." Of no, course. it's it's bad. So he, here's the thing. The removal tool doesn't remove the cert, so you still have to manually remove the cert. So yes. they have instructions yep. about that on their website. There are instructions, yes. This didn't ship on ThinkPad, so if you have a ThinkPad, don't worry. They didn't ship this on business notebooks. Okay. Mm. Yep. Nope. Also good. They're not shipping it anymore. They'll learn from this mistake. They'll never do anything like this again. Let's be honest. Totally yeah, I'm, 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 sure they, I'm sure they will it not. It shipped yes. from September, no, October through January. December, and they stopped in January. Okay. Like it wasn't. So on the, there's a window there. It's a sizable window, but yeah. it's fairly like, small, I guess, in the grand scheme. Like I have a friend who bought a Yoga Three Pro a couple months ago. Not on it. Hmm. Okay. It's yeah. It, it's probably not on any machine that any of us. Would well, no, have, because but. the guy because when they initially were trying to recreate this, somebody went to a Best Buy, bought a Lenovo system off of the shelf, and it had this on it. Well, guess what? Systems sit on the shelf for a long time. That's my yeah. point, right? Yeah. So it's not like just because they stopped putting it on them in January doesn't mean that you might not sure. buy one right now that has one that has this on it, right? Um, and the fact that it's no longer in use, but the certificate's and, and, still there, that's even worse. And right? also, it's like, and also at Microsoft Defender, which is enabled by default in Windows anymore, if you don't have an antivirus, it finds yeah. it. it. It will remove it. It finds it now. Like they've added this Correct. to so, all of the all of the yeah. big AV vendors. So. so not just Defender. That's good. Yeah. So yeah. Noteworthy uh, if you have use a that Lenovo. tool. Get off your system. And not only that, but heck, if you're buying a system and it has a bunch of crapware on it, just if you're competent enough, just do the reinstall. Like, be safe. That's a yeah, safe way to go. Is clean is Windows underneath install. Underneath the battery, just reinstall it. Yeah, you can do that in some cases. 
Yeah. Just buy a Microsoft Premier Edition laptop. Signature or Edition. Signature. Signature Edition. And, and, in, a lot, and, and in a lot of cases, if you're buying these systems with like kind of a smaller SSD, mm-hmm. right, and SSD spaces at a premium, or, you know, like... Yeah, and there's a boot recovery image mm-hmm. sitting on there, taking up 20 gig of 128 gig SSD. <laughs> Whatever, want a boot recovery image? That's, well, like that's that well, saved my but, ass but on here's this the machine. Thing. But here's the thing: you can you can back that image up. Right. You can through Windows. You can. The, yeah, you can, I know. You can back up the that convenience image of having else it here right? is with you all the time. No, yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. But you can have it on like an external, and just carry the external. If you're that worried about it, carry the external with you. Right, but like Ryan's like laptop, a thumb drive. Ryan's hard drive has bit the dust in San Francisco before, and you need well, I was on you a need a laptop, and so. I can hit yeah. think advantage button and have it. That's true. Up and running again in thirty yeah. minutes, which is what is that? I've used or, it twice. It's been really really nice. Or I guess not your hard drive, Doug. Your Windows install. Yeah, it's Windows install. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was which is that one installing? Which I'm surprised. Yeah, it was a Windows uh, one upgrade. I don't know why that happens to you so often. Well, it wasn't a hard drive issue. It was a software no, but issue. Just Windows going boom. Yeah, it was Windows like, eight update. Oh. Um, oh. And probably hibernate happened or standby at the wrong time. I don't know. I was sitting in the lobby at the Marriott in Santa Clara and running Windows eight point one. No, I was update. doing. I was just like working, <laughs> just kind of waiting, and crap happened. So anyway, oh. anyway, uh, Sebastian, what do you got? I've got. Well, Ken was actually telling me about this today, and I, I didn't realize this was even a thing. I've I've heard of the Moto E. It's a super low cost mm-hmm. smartphone from Motorola. It's unlocked. It's one hundred and nineteen dollars. These well, people love it. Yes. 119? And this is the new Moto E. It's the second edition. Okay. Which is $149. But the, the there's a couple of big differences. The main one is this unlocked phone now uh-huh. has LTE. Sweet. The previous uh, like good unlocked smartphone was the Moto G second edition, which is the problem with it was it didn't have LTE. Okay. It was a quad-core Snapdragon. And the it was, lollipop? It was okay. Yeah. Only got 8 gigs of storage by default. But it has a has micro, a micro SD, SD slot. It has a removable battery. Like, the back of this thing pops off. Uh, and okay. So you can stick your SIM card in there. You can put in more storage if you want to. Okay. And well, it still doubles the hammer? So 150 bucks. It can. Off contract. Right. Off phone. contract, you just buy the phone outright. And this is when this is the type of phone you buy and take to an MVNO. MVNO. Exactly. Right? That is, is a, huge a non-contract... Yeah. LTE. What was the Verizon one that we kind of figured out before? Ken, can you remember what it was? Oh yeah, it's some weird kind of sketchy name. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this is. I mean, it's unlocked lollipop. No, like lollipop. It's it's yeah. It's the it's five It's unlocked. And I was looking at the specs. Like I was compar- comparing it to the Moto G. The Moto G had a quad core, and it was the Snapdragon four hundred. So it's quad core hmm. Cortex A seven with yeah. Adreno three hundred five. Mm-hmm. This one. Has the 410. Yep, which so should A53, be a brand new part, right? It's brand yeah. new. It's Adreno 306 graphics, a little bit better graphics. It's got 1.4 gigahertz quad core A53. It's only got a gig of RAM. One gig of RAM, but mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yeah, you, yeah, you can't have everything. No, I know, it's, I know. It, and it's definitely low spec, but it's it's better than the Moto G, at least on paper. One hundred fifty dollars sounds so much better than the seven hundred dollars. The, the, <laughs> yeah, like right? the big drawback is screen thing. resolution. It's only uh, five forty by nine sixty. Mm. It's still an IPS screen. It's four and a half inches. This is a little bit smaller device. Um, but hmm. if you think about the way that they do scaling on phones, like the the Nexus Five, I loved my Nexus Five. Yeah. Had a 1080p display, 
4.95 inches or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that scaling to make it look so smooth, integer, integer scaling on a 1080p screen is effective 540 by 960. So that type of real estate, the spacing between the icons, the icon size is that size. Okay. One of the things I noticed with the Moto G, because I used that phone for a little while to test it out, the second edition, was that the 720p screen on that was very similar to like a, a QHD screen, just not as sharp. So, I mean, you're not – it's you don't get the super crisp, mm-hmm. fine text like right. on a full-size website before you zoom in or something. <laughs> but it renders well. And the lower resolution means that it you get higher frame rates throughout the OS, and if you're playing a game or something, it's rendering at a much lower resolution. So the lower end hardware matched by the low res screen. Uh, look at a picture of the back of the device real quick. It looks like a Moto X. It has that no, same design no, like, language. Like, yeah. I saw this one. This one? It doesn't have a flash. Uh, okay, so it's kind of playing in that uh, Lumia 635... World. There was another phone recently that I saw that didn't have a flash. Also, I lied. The 410 is in a new part. It's like a year old. Oh. Well, it's, it's oh, newer. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Just, it's just, just to get that out there. Oh, okay. Hmm. But it's just interesting. I mean, it's got a decent sized battery, too, for the... 23, almost 2400 milliamp hmm Moto E. I kind of want to get one just to yeah. see. Like, we is, do that. Is it responsive? Is it... Can you just buy it, it might now? might be more responsive yeah. than any of the really high-res... Choose black or white. Is it in, like, retail now? I've seen the Moto E in retail and through, like, MVNO's, like, prepaid. But can, um, like, I walk into the second and buy one? I don't know if you could buy the second edition yet. Maybe. Interesting. Interesting. We will will look. That's almost like a, oh, no, I destroyed my phone. I still have a year left in my contract. I guess I'll just buy a Moto E and put my SIM right. card in it. Right, and if right. you're on T-Mobile or AT&T here or on an MVNO that uses a SIM card that uses one of their networks, then this will get the job done and we'll actually have LTE speed. Man, this is, these are the types of things that make me wish like I didn't have Verizon as my primary. Man, you got to go with the SIM card. Oh, you could do worse, right? Verizon's network was so much better than everybody else's when I moved over. AT&T is better now, but... Even T-Mobile's gotten a lot better. I was testing out a T-Mobile SIM Not really here. You get LTE. It's super fast when you have it. When you have LTE, it's super fast. When you don't have LTE, you might, you might LTE, as well be writing a letter. I, as an experiment, I brought a Moto X <laughs> with a T-Mobile SIM in it on right. my way down. Yep. And every once in a while, I'd look over and I had it on the uh, activity like um, signal strength mm-hmm. screen. And I was LTE almost all the way down. There were a couple of places where I dropped off. Yeah, UTMS, and then I was in like. But, but the highway unknown, is like like voice the only best case scenario, especially for T-Mobile. Do you because of the giant towers right off of the highway? Well, it's just like down? yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just like you're not you're giving it the best possible chance. I don't know, man. Middle of nowhere. Yeah, but that still, like is. if they're going to put it anywhere in the middle of nowhere, they're going to put it on the highway. I I do think though because I tried this out two years ago. And there was nothing. Like where I live, I live in southwest. Michigan. I think it's better. I agree. Because they, yeah. they acquired, or I don't know what exactly happened with Metro PCS. They acquired, they mer- I think they just bought them. I don't know. Yeah. But they have all their LTE towers. Because Metro PCS had no interest in HSDPA+. Plus. They weren't trying to do like second gen 3G stuff. They were yeah. just building LTE. And T-Mobile mm-hmm. acquired all of those towers. So the LTE coverage has gotten significantly better. If you were in an area where you had any kind of Metro PCS coverage, you now have T-Mobile LTE. So Metro PCS. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. 
I, I think that phone's worth 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 testing out for under fifty bucks. I think it might be worth one hundred and forty nine dollars. It might be. All things considered, it's possible, but not one hundred fifty. Not one hundred fifty. If it's one hundred and fifty, no. I don't want it. Uh, that's going to do it for the show. It's been it was a long one this week. I uh, would like to thank everybody for hanging out with us in the live stream. Again, pcpro.com slash podcast is the URL you can find. Uh, our audio files, our YouTube embeds. We are also starting a new thing where we are embedding uh, our podcast through SoundCloud. So if you use SoundCloud on your phone or uh, you subscribe to people that way, if you follow people that way, you can now follow SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash pcper, and you can use it. We'll have an embedded player, so you can just play it in line there if you that's more convenient for you for uh, the audio version as well. So it's a new way of trying to get as many ways as possible for you to get access to uh, the podcast. And then um, I guess that's it. Peacebird.com slash live. What says? Oh, yeah, yeah. QuakeCon. Maury did want us to make sure we remembered to mention that QuakeCon registration has opened. It's at QuakeCon.org. I don't think it's open. It's uh, I thought it did, or maybe well, the it's dates open. Are dates have been I announced. think they just announced the details of registration. The dates, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so when when will registration begin? <sighs> Maury's probably already bending acrylic tubing. July twenty. Well, well the that's event when it is off. the twenty third through the twenty sixth. I don't see when it. March. Oh, March. Okay. March. We will CPU be there. Pins. Uh, childbirth pending. Um, we That's will be true. there with our workshop, and uh, we're actually working out. I think we're going to have a more official podcast recording at uh, QuakeCon. I think UVGA wants to sponsor us to get a room and some seats and some drinks and that's, stuff. That's a lot of pressure to put on our podcast. It is. It is. Wait, they're getting you a room and they're getting you some drinks. I don't think that's uh, a, a, confer- a conference room. When they said they not were, a bed, might be a really good <laughs> podcast. Actually, something. I don't think it was a pod. Are you guys going to bring video oh. cameras? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no, we're sponsored. No, that. no, we have a video. Oh, camera. We're sponsored. Oh, no, they're they're it. just going to yeah. add an E to the end of silicon. Uh, yes. <laughs> hey, this is Dallas. It is Dallas. There's a lot of that stuff in Dallas. That's All right, guys. Uh, we will be back. I don't know next week. I won't actually. I won't be here next week. No. Boo. Slacker. Sebastian won't be here next no. week either, so uh, we will we'll talk to you guys uh, later in some capacity. I won't, but the rest of the gang will still be here. But hey, podcasts and stuff. I'm Ryan Schrout. Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Alan Mamatano. I'm Sebastian Peake. See you guys. Camera we're looking at. <laughs>